Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And uh, welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show every Sunday morning right here on this station for one solid hour. Hope you're having a good morning this morning as you're getting up about to face the day. And we have a timely topic. You know us here on the program, What is Truth? We like to study the scriptures. Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. And that's what we like to do. And today we're looking at a very topical issue that is rooted in history and taking place today and it's the fighting going on in the Middle East as Hamas is waging war against the little nation of Israel and we happen to have uh, Mark Sassy with me one Good of our morning. regulars on the program and a special with us today from the Hope of Israel ministry a uh, David Smolinski and he's going to give us the address of all that so you can catch up and he spent his life uh, ministering to the Jewish people and we want to take a look at why is this going on uh, what exactly is going on and how do we think this will end up? And does the Bible shed some light on this issue? And that's what we'll be doing today for the next hour on the What is Truth program. Dr. Michael Caesar here in studio with you. If you do have a Bible, you might want to open it up. We're going to give you some references to look at. Otherwise, just get your favorite uh, tea and coffee and uh, listen along as we begin our studies today. What is going on in the Middle East? David, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they bombed Israel. Who bombed Israel? What's going on? Yes, um, this was uh, a planned attack. It was definitely strategically orchestrated. Okay, yeah. fifty years to uh, the day, October six, twenty uh, nineteen seventy three. The uh, oh. Yom Kippur War. Oh, there was, uh, uh, which was the last time they declared war. Correct. Yeah. So it's yeah, like a repeat. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. And On the so same day. Interesting. 50 years later, October the 6th, 2023, we see them invading. On the last day of the Feast of Sukkot. Okay. Or the Feast of Booths. Or, or Tabernacles. Tabernacles. Yeah, Tabernacles. Sure. Anyone. Yeah. The number sure. names for it. Sure. 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 So they attacked on one of the Jewish uh, holy days during a holy week is when they made their attack. It's probably a smart time to do it. I mean, you get people in church on a Sunday, that's time to get them. They're not expecting anything. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's when the wars have been in Israel, right? In the last 50 years, it's been surprise attacks during during holy days. Yes. A lot of times. Yes. So. And the type of attack wasn't against military targets. It was against civilians. Yes. And... Um, of course, yes. this would be the difference. And for us, we have our Pearl Harbor. That was an, uh, you know, attack. Yeah, sure, sure. On a Sunday. On a naval base. On a Sunday, yeah. But different. it's a different thing attacking yes. a military base compared to rushing into residential homes of citizens, which are not soldiers, and they're running into these homes and, you know, I, I saw some video footage interview of a Israeli colonel in the IDF who he was basically, you know, first responder, his unit. 
and he had to fight off some of the Hamas men that were there. And they interviewed him, and I think he had like 30 years in with the military. And then right after him, they interviewed a general who had over 30 years in with the military. And both of these men stated plainly that they'd never seen violence like this in all of their military time. And it was again against, against civilians. civilians. Yeah. Well, we did have one thing like that in America. It was 9 11. Yes. It right. was against civilians. It wasn't a military base. And again, it's the same enemy. It's Islam. It's Muslims. It's uh, the, the people that read and actually follow and believe the Quran. Yeah. Because the Quran uh, tells them to kill the infidels. And uh, we're considered infidels in, in America. The Jews are considered infidels. Matter of fact, don't they call one the great Satan and one the little Satan? Isn't that the term they use? Yes. Israel's the little Satan and America's the great, great Satan. Satan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Only this one was about the land, it seems. Like they, they want the land. Yes. They, they, you know, I wouldn't of doubt Israel. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now this uh, attack, like you said, 9-11 was civilians at their workforce, the yes. workplace. But here we have now they're actually... Going into their own Civilians at home, yeah. Invading the, their safe haven, their safe place yes. where their family is. And yes. then, of course, that massacre at the um, concert they were having there. Um, they're A coming music in. festival. It, yeah, yeah, they were coming in on truckloads full of uh, Palestinians with firing, open firing uh -huh. uh, from below. And then uh, above, they were coming in on hang, hang gliders. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and and these uh, so-called Palestinians, uh, which is a strange n name, but they're they're Muslims. They're Islamics yes, is what yeah. they are. They're yes, they're yeah. Hamas. It's it's the religion of Islam. Something that God uh, kind of talked about way 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 back in Genesis when um, Hagar was pregnant with uh, a little child, and the the angel of the Lord said to her in uh, Genesis sixteen that uh, you will have a child. He will be a son. I will multiply his seed. Uh, he will not be numbered for multitude. There's over a billion Muslims, yeah, well over a billion. And uh, said, you're going to call his name Ishmael. Uh, and he says in verse 12, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand will be against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren, meaning the children of Abraham, meaning the Jews. And so we see the nation Israel with all these Muslim nations all around them, and uh, they are wild, and uh, they, they do these things. This has been going on for a long time. It went on in the Old Testament. It went on when Israel was regathered as a nation in 1948. Those were Muslim nations that attacked them. On the, the very first, day. On the very, on the very yeah. first day. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they were, was a Friday to a Saturday. I think they declared statehood on Friday, May the 14th, 1948. And that was officially their Sabbath, Friday night. They begin the Sabbath. And yeah. Saturday, the attacks began by Immediately five, after. five Muslim nations, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they were a battled, hard, uh, yeah. uh, you know, army that um, Israel, of course, was coming off of World War II and the Holocaust. Yeah. And... Um, they're just uh, um, battle-torn. And they're, they're a new nation at that point. They didn't have an army and stage. a navy. Yeah, I think it was the Lord that stepped in to defend them. Which is, I would say uh, that's yeah. a definite. I think it's the same way in 1967. I mean, right in our lifetime, 
the Lord God in a mighty way stepped in and defended Israel when they had their backs against the wall. And, you know, the world talks about how the U.S. has their back. Actually, God had their back. And, and he, there, there was a point in the 1967 war where there was, uh, I know that military strategists have talked about that the Arabs should have advanced with their tanks, but they waited for 24 hours for no apparent reason. And if they wouldn't have waited, they probably would have won, but they waited and God was involved. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. So, so brother David, um, this, this is going on here in Israel, yes. uh, the Hamas, their intent is to, and I believe it's one of the tenets of uh, the Muslim nations, is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yes, I know I hear often on the news that this is about the land, that yeah. we can have two states living side by side uh, in peace. The Muslims don't want that. And um, I don't see that... Uh, Happening, I don't know. Israel's finally seeing it for themselves that there's uh, no solution here. It's um, didn't they try? They're that? irreconcilable. The in, two in two can't happen. In two thousand and five, they gave them the Gaza Strip and said, "Here, we'll give you this peace so that we can live in peace side by side." How did that work? Now here's Golda Meir. Go back to the Yom Kippur War in 1973. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes an interesting statement, and I and I've seen that firsthand being over there that um, Golden Mirror says that guns in the hands of the Palestinians, there's war. Guns in the hands of the Israelites, the Jews, there's peace. Yes. Yeah. So when the Jews are in control, there is peace. But now that you have Gaza and the Gaza Strip, yeah. now let's go back to Arafat yes. and uh, Rabin when they had their peace negotiations with Bill Clinton um, Arafat was still wanted for war crimes from the Yom Kippur War. Hmm. He's already made a public statement that he won't rest in his grave until all the Jews are pushed out of the Mediterranean Sea and drowned. Basically exterminated. So how would you like to sit down and negotiate peace with somebody like that? Yeah, no chance. But there's a pressure from the West, from America, that um, this is a solution and... Uh, it has failed. And we see it also with the, um, the President Bush and their land for peace, right. or roadmap for peace. Right. This all being compromised, the land, both the Jew and the Palestinians have suffered. And since that time, it's never been the same over there. And, of yes. course, Rabin had paid for that with his life. He was assassinated. Hmm. But uh, the conflict there is still in the... Uh, it, it's just burning the from the from childhood from the kids in their mind that the uh, Israel is the devil, as you said, the enemy, and so their objective isn't getting peace, having their land, a state of, of Palestine. Yeah. Their objective overall is to get the Jews out of there. And, and I can say from speaking to some Arab people that watch Arab media, like Al Jazeera and stuff, they are quite brainwashed thinking that they're the victim yeah. and that, you know, these poor innocent people in the hospital got bombed and these poor civilians in Gaza are, you know, being attacked un unrightfully so. But Israel is pushing back on this unwarranted attack on civilians. Yeah. And they're dropping leaflets. The Israeli IDF is dropping like millions of leaflets saying, get in your vehicles, 
grab whatever quick stuff and head, head to the south. We don't want to harm you. We want to give you a chance to get out. And um, it, it, it's really a mess. But I, I noticed that the average everyday normal people are taking notice this yeah. time, it seems. There's so many things that have happened in the world that are different. Uh, for instance, you can ask anybody, have you ever in your lifetime, I don't care if you're 30, 60, 80 years old, whatever you are, have you ever seen the U.S. military do what they did in Afghanistan and hand over all of our top secret weapons, helicopters, tanks, and guns, and, and all this equipment, right? And, and people were trying to climb onto and hang onto cargo planes as they were taking off from runways. We never saw that in our lifetime. The U.S. military would never just hand over secrets. And now they're saying that uh, this attack on Israel, some of the U.S. weaponry and technology was used. And also something must have happened for the uh, border control, because on the border of Israel, like on the border with Gaza, there is, uh, there is uh, unmanned weaponry, and somebody hacked into that to shut that stuff down so that they could cross the border. They didn't cross the border the week before or the month before. They crossed the border on that particular day. And they have, you know, like uh, high-powered machine guns that are completely unmanned, and they were shut down. There's some statements, I don't know if this is substantiated, but there's some statements that supposedly the Israeli Army and Air Force had seven-hour stand-down orders. I don't know if that's true. I can't verify that. I don't know. But there's some strange things going on with what, and I say this because people are talking and saying, why is America and the world in such a state as it is? You know, there's nuclear powers that are rattling the cage with each other, Russia and the U.S. and China and North Korea and Iran. There's a lot of things going on here. I mean, these other countries are getting involved in this skirmish with Hamas and Israel and saying, if Israel doesn't stop doing what they're doing in Gaza, we're going to step in, and who knows what's really going to happen. Yeah, there's never been a time when Israel has ever went on the offense. And every time you talked about the War of Independence in 1948, the uh, Six-Day War, the Yom Kippur War, yeah. even all the way up till now, we're seeing that Israel has the Iron Dome. It's hasn't built for any, it's not an offensive weapon. It's, right. it's built to intercept. It's like a Star Wars that they talked about in the 80s to, to intercept missiles coming in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and but it's, it's so advanced that as soon as those missiles are shot, they know already where it's going. Yes. And because of that, they can save on money and let it go if it's not going to hit a target. Yeah. Just let it go into the Mediterranean Sea or the Negev Desert, you know? Yeah, sure. But um, this um, recent mishap that they're saying was an airstrike on this hospital is now being told and found out that it was a missile fired by the Palestinians. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, sent a rocket, and they, they've got proof of that, too. So it's, to turn this... Um, it's an old liberal tactic that the, that the liberals will use often... For example, if they're angry at um, a conservative group on the campus, let's say what the liberals will do is they will bomb one of their own places and then claim the conservatives did it and get the press to, to sway public opinion on their side. It's an old liberal tactic. It's been done 
uh, down through the years. Yes. Well, in Ger- Germany in the time of Hitler, they did that with the government building, the Reichstag building, I think it was called. Okay. They set a fire to the their own building and said that the opposition party did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they would have a reason to go after them. Yeah. Now, now, it, but it is curious. I mean, when we, we think about it, we've got a, a small piece of land, Israel. It's what the size of Rhode Island. You've got a, an entire world. Uh, you've got uh, London and England and Tokyo and uh, Japan. We've got China coming up, uh, becoming a first world nation. We have, of course, uh, Canada, the United States, Australia. We have all these uh, Europe great uh, nations that are well-developed with uh, technology and science and education. Why are we all so concerned about a small piece of land way over there in the Middle East? I mean, why is this happening? Uh, Does this have something to do with the Bible? Does the Bible shed some light on this issue? It sure does. It has to be a spiritual issue. It has to be, like you say, it's not like they're sitting on tons and tons of gold mines. Nope. It's not like it's the most oil-rich place on the planet. Nope. It's not those kind of things. It's not like they have they diamond mines. Nope, nope. Yeah. They do have the Dead Sea, which has a lot of minerals yeah, yeah. and they're still working on that, but it, it, that's not what it's about. It's about a spiritual thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Because uh, God has said a long time ago in a number of places, whether it's in the book of Deuteronomy, I love the passage in Deuteronomy 11, when uh, God was taking Moses and his people into the promised land, and um, let me just find the passage myself right here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11. And he says, the land, verse 10, whither thou goest, Moses and all the people, you're going in to possess it. And he says, uh, verse 11, the land whither you go to possess, it is a land of hills and valleys, and it is. You've got all those little mountainous hills in, in the area. It uh, it drinks the water of the rain of heaven. It has a good rainy season. Verse 12, it is a land which the Lord thy God careth for, for the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from beginning of year uh, till the end. I mean, God loves this land. Later Amen. on, he told the prophet uh, Jerem, or Isaiah in the eighth chapter, And I'll get that verse for you too. And then you can find the verse in the Psalms where God hath chosen Zion. So we'll take a look at this. And um, the Lord told the prophet Isaiah, uh, moreover, the Lord said to take a great roll and write therein with a man's pen. And uh, I took faithful witnesses to record, Isaiah said, and I want you to write this down. And he said in uh, the eighth verse of the eighth chapter that uh, Judah, it shall go and reach and stretch out his wings to fill the breath of thy land, O Emmanuel. And what he's saying is, this is my land. Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, and it was Jesus's land. And it's a being committed there Amen. by God the Father to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's Land. Uh, he told them yes. back in the uh, book of Leviticus, chapter 25, he told the priests, the land shall not be sold, for the land is mine, Amen. saith the Lord. Verse 23. Yeah, yeah verse 23. Ye are yeah. strangers and sojourners with me. So, so the Bible is making a claim 
uh, from the books written there, whether it's uh, Moses, the Leviticus, uh, Isaiah, the Psalms. Read the verse in the Psalm there you got there. Yeah, in, in Psalm 132, this is a book of songs or Psalms. And Zion, a lot of people hear about Zion. They, you know, they, they call the Israelis Zionists. Mm -hmm. And in Psalm 132, verse 13, the Bible says, For the Lord, all caps, hath yes. chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. And, and as we go back in the scriptures, uh, going all the way back to Abraham, when God called Abraham, this is like 2000 B.C. Yes. In, uh, is it Genesis 12, brother? You know those yes, passages? David, yes. go ahead, read them sure. for us. Sure, Genesis 12, 3. Um, and it talks about God will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Uh, and read verses 1 through 3 because it's a great it's, promise it's, going it's all the way back that this 2,000 a, years ago. Yeah. Well, actually 4,000 years. This is 2000 B.C. And, and there's a damnable heresy that's being taught about yes. um, um, replacement theology that God is through with the Jews. And that's I think a lot of the thinking today on the left or even on a religious back perspective is has a lot to do with why there's anti-Semitism, you know? Uh, yes. It feeds it. It feeds it, but yes. But it's not what the Bible says. No, that's, that's, that's correct. This is a damnable heresy. Because yeah, this is an everlasting covenant God's it, it, making. It, 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 precisely. And God is not through with the Jews, and the church has not replaced Israel. <laughs> of course no. not. Israel still has an active plan, and God said that he's going to remove them from the land, but he's going to bring them back. Amen. Sure. And we'll read sure. that in Deuteronomy 30. But for this verse here, Pastor. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, now this is the Abrahamic covenant. Now yeah. the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, a land from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee that make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now here, verse 3, and it's amazing. This is still applicable to this day. Amen. Uh, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. But here, look, at, and these shall all families of the earth be blessed. Yeah, the great blessing that came from Father Abraham. And, and 400 years later, uh, Moses saw a burning bush in the desert. And when he went there in the third chapter of Exodus, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and this is my name and my memorial forever. And then Moses learned that through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would come the Messiah, and all the families of the earth would receive the blessing that only the Messiah could bring. Amen. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead, brother. And in this case, we're talking about a blessing of the land. Okay. Right? It's a good land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Sure. It's a land of provision. Right. It's a land of safety for them. And I was looking earlier before we started of some of the different prophets, because people, you know, they talk about history. And I've heard this history about, well, this land that we're talking about here, this is the land of the Philistines and, and Palestine. And it's been that way for hundreds of years. But as everybody's just heard, we just went back. 2,000 years. Back 4, to Abraham. actually. That's yeah, 4,000 4, years ago. Yes. 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 4,000 years. Yes, yeah. thank you. So, <laughs> so you go back 4,000 years ago, and you get back to the root of the matter, and it's God's land. Yes. Yeah. It's his land. 
He says so multiple times, and then he tells you who he's given it to. He's given it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. Now, you find some of that in the writings of Moses, that prophet. You find some of it in the writings of Jeremiah. There's a second prophet, a, con a confirmation. You find it in the writings of Isaiah. You find it in the writings of Amos and the writings of Hosea. You find it where Joshua speaks of the land given to them. Yes. Uh, in the New Testament, you find it in Matthew. You find it in Hebrews. and But most of all, you really find it in Genesis in the beginning. And, and that, brother, it's interesting what you're saying, um, that how much land was Israel given? It's for the Abraham, you were talking oh, the, the size of New Jersey or Rhode Island. Sure, sure. They just got a sliver of the land that God's promised them. Sure. Yeah. I assure you this in Genesis 15, 18, in the same day the Lord made a covenant Amen. with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt, that's the Nile River, and the great river, the river of Euphrates. Up in Iraq. Which yeah. is up, <laughs> up yes. in Iraq, Baghdad there. Yeah. And that's um, very clear how much land God has promised Israel and they never did get all this land. Yes. Now the question is, are they going to get it? Yes. The Bible says they are. Yes. So this covenant, like you were saying, and, and I see this here, concerning Abraham in Psalms 105, verse 8 and 9, he has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he has commanded to a thousand generations. Amen. Now we're gonna, we're nowhere near the number thousand. If, right. if a generation is thirty years, that would be thirty thousand years, and we're only four thousand years since the promise. So he's going yeah. to fulfill that promise. Amen. And so here, verse nine, which covenant he made with Abraham, an oath unto Isaac, right, and uh, confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for a everlasting covenant. Amen. 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 So, so the battle we're seeing here is we have uh, a group of people who are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This would be the Jews or Israel, or some might call them the Hebrews. Yep. And then we have another group of people who want the land also. Now, there was a book written by their prophet, Muhammad. I have it here. This is the uh, Quran written by uh, Muhammad. And in the Quran... It says in Surah 5, verses 20 and 21, O my people, go into the holy land which Allah hath ordained for you. So now we what we're having here is essentially what one might call a holy war. We've got one group of people believing Allah gave us the land. They're Johnny-come-latelys because that's 600 A.D. We've got the Jewish people from 2000 B.C. when God brought them into the land and promised, made the promise to them. And they occupied the land for thousands of years. The history is undeniable. You can read history after history book. You can read Gibbons books. You can go back to uh, first century historians. You can go to the Bible. You can you go know, to the Bible. The but places, even secular, the places in Israel have basically the same names that they sure. have back in Bible times. Amen, amen. Archaeology would confirm it. History would confirm it. This was the people's land of Israel that God gave to his the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, no question.
We're just about out of time for the first half hour of our show. This is the What is Truth program. We're with you every Sunday at 7 a.m. right on this local station. And we invite you, of course, to not only listen, but if you want to hear the archived shows, our sponsor is Grace and Truth Church. They're a little church up in New York. You got to spell out that word grace, A-N-D, truth, church. Got to put that there, dot O-R-G. Hit that. You'll go to the homepage. At the homepage, it'll say sermons. Click that, and up will come about six different tabs. And the one that says YouTube, if you click that one, you can watch the old programs here that we've done. We've got a special program today, a timely topic about the war in the Middle East. We want to see what is God's verdict on this. I would want to be like the question that was asked, who's on the Lord's side? I want to be on the right side with this. Stick around after station break. We'll be right back. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome back to the second edition of our show this morning, a timely show looking at the war in the Middle East and seeing how this recent war goes back centuries between two groups of people who are fighting for a land and whose land is it? And the one whose it is probably should retain and get it. And does God have anything to say about that? So we'll search the scriptures. Brother Dave, I know your ministry looks into these things. Go ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Yes. Um, And this is, of course, in the uh, Torah here, which is all prior to them going into the promised land that has already prophesied that they would get into the land and God would uh, scatter them. And here, I'll just give you these verses from Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God has driven thee. You definitely see. And and the sad thing about that, because you just mentioned the blessing. Yes. And you mentioned the curse. And if they went back two chapters to the 28th chapter, the Lord kind of laid out for the Jewish people. He said, uh, I command thee this day, I will set thee on high above all nations, and all these blessings shall come upon thee if thou hearken to the voice of the Lord. But if it, it will come to pass, if thou will not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, then the curses will come, and one of them is you'll be scattered from the land. So let's just stop for a minute and consider this, because uh, this is a show called What is Truth? And in this show, we look at what Jesus says, because he says, I am the truth. And he says, search the scriptures to learn truth. What God is saying is uh, the blessings of God come with obedience to the words of God. Amen. And the Jewish people, by the time the Messiah came the first time, had gotten away from God's words. Jesus said, you're making the words of God of none effect by all these traditions you've come up with. And and so talk about that curse and the scattering. Yeah. Sure. And, and thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. Thou and thy children will with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Then... 
that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity. Yes, See that? amen. And have compassion upon thee, and return and gather thee from all the nations. And that's uh, from the diaspora. Sure. So, um, so, so what happened was, like we were saying, when Jesus came, and, and the Jewish priests had gotten so far from the heart of God and the words of God that they were interested in doing their own works. And Jesus was trying to tell them, he told one of the priests, Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, it's not about more religion. It's about a new birth. You must be born again. Right. It's an inner work. And, and the priests were going, no, but we've got all these sacrifices. And he was trying to say, but I'm going to be the lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. I'm the ultimate sacrifice. And when we read the book of Acts and, and finally at the end of the book, they don't believe. Then God says to Paul, then we'll go to the other nations. And the gospel went to the other nations and the Romans came and scattered them. Just like the Lord said, they were driven out to all the nations, but God's making a promise for a return. And we saw the beginning of that return in 1948. Sure. Yes. Sure. Even that, uh, if you want to get more specific, you can go back to the Balfour Declaration. Sure. In 1917, World War One. some say, was the war that prepared... Uh, the land for the people. Yes, yes. Or the world people War for II the land. Prepared well, that, people that, for that the was land. World War II. Ah, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that was World War II. But here you yeah. see them under bondage for 400 years from the Ottoman Empire. Sure. And uh, the British come under, and um, there's uh, miraculous fashion. Um, they actually defeat the Ottoman Empire. Yes. And that's the beginning. Allen B came in. That was a miracle the way General Allen B came in and all the Muslims just laid down their arms without a single shot. Mm-hmm. And it was God kind of moving them with the fear of the God coming on them. Yes. It was an amazing thing. Great, great story. Well, it's because he, God he has would, plans for Israel. And in December, he would not um, ride on a horse into Jerusalem. He actually walked into the city because he, he understands yeah. is that that was God's the hand Messiah and not his. is going to come in on a horse. And I don't want to imitate the Messiah. I'm just a regular man. <laughs> right, yes. Right, right. Yes. Interesting. Now you were talking some about the promise, right? And you were mentioning about the blessing and the cursing, yes. right? Whether they obey or not obey God. Yes. But back in Genesis 17, this thing about the land was an everlasting covenant. Absolutely. And he says, this is the writings of Moses, but it's God's word. And he says in Genesis 17, verse seven, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Verse eight, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger for an everlasting possession. He mentions it again in verse 19. He says, And Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. Now, this is not Ishmael. This is Isaac. And he says, And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And then uh, verse 20, then then God continues and tells Abraham, As for Ishmael, the, the son that you had with Hagar, yeah. I've, I've heard the, I've heard your prayers. I, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful. I will multiply him exceedingly. And look how many Muslims there are. There are billions. Yes. Mm. yes. 12 princes shall he beget. Uh, I'll make him a great nation, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac. In other words, the covenant is not with Ishmael. Right. It's with Isaac, and, and that's the promise. But Mark, what you were saying earlier um, in verse seven, 
he says, I will establish my covenant, Genesis 17, 7, between me, that's God, the Lord God speaking, and thee, that's Abraham, and thy seed after thee, in their generations, Isaac and Jacob, for an everlasting covenant, but here's the key part of the covenant, to be a God yes. unto thee. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing God wants in covenant relationship is for us to know him personally. So that he can personally know, not like Paul said, uh, that you're now known of God. Right. And that's a covenant relationship that's an inner one that's done by a work of faith in the heart. God looketh on the heart. Man looks on the mm-hmm. outward. And God yeah. says, I'm looking for hearts. Now, he was looking for Jewish hearts, but many of the Jewish hearts were skipping past knowing God and just, hey, I want the land. I wanted the blessings of God without the blesser himself. And I think that was not only one of the problems that went on back when Jesus was here the first time with his people, the Jews, I think today with Christians, many Christians look for the blessings of God without the personal relationship with God. That's a good point. You hear it all the time. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. Yes. I'm like, well, who gives the blessings? Amen. And so some of the mistakes we see back then, we see again today. Brother, if you've got some thoughts for us. Well, I do in Acts chapter 1, and it's interesting. These are believers, and here you see the um, Lord is getting ready to ascend into heaven. Yes. And uh, they know um, already of his death, burial, and resurrection, and that was all prophesied and all scripture fulfilled. Yeah. And that's but very now, important. Yeah. What about the other part of him reigning in his glory? Okay. This is the part here. They can't understand that. So here, this is a question they ask. He's already commanded them in verse four to um wait for the, for the promise. promise of the Father. Amen. And uh Here they ask a question in verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So so they understood that the restoration of the kingdom is a promise in the book. Yes. Yes. The question for them is, when are you going to do it? Very clear. Not if you're going to do it, but when are you going to do it? Right. It's it's coming. Right. And uh, it turned uh, out uh, to be a while, didn't this it? Is a, <laughs> this is a big gap in time, 2,000 years. Yes. And it still hasn't, he hasn't returned. Now, you know, know it's curious. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's drawing close. And let me, it let me is just, drawing close, yes. But I want to show you something. There's, you know, when you read your Bible, and, and folks here at the What is Truth program, we're always trying to encourage you to get a relationship with the God of the Bible through the Bible of God. I mean, he's revealed himself in his words. I'm sitting here with two other men. Uh, you came to know God through this book, yes, David and Mark. Yes. Me too. And, and That's me how too. You so know you got him. Michael, Mark, and David sitting here, and we all came to know the God of the Bible through the Bible of God. And and you know, my recommendation. I'm sure we'd all tell you the same things. If you've never done this, someone brought me to the Gospel of John was the first time I ever encountered the Bible. Mm. That's a great place to learn about the Lamb of God Amen. that takes away the sin of the world. But the Bible's a big book, and buried in the Old Testament, there's this little minor prophet called Hosea that many people would never hear of. And and God was telling Hosea, you know, God makes prophecies in the Bible, and his prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Every prophecy yes. he told about Jesus at the first coming was perfectly fulfilled. Yes. yes. And he's got prophecies of the second coming and the regathering. And he told the prophet Hosea, he said, tell the people in chapter six, 
go, go to them and, and say, come, let us return to the Lord. He, the Lord, hath torn us, but he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And so you think, well, that's a 48 hours. That's mm. long gone. But you have any passages that tells how long a in, day in is? Peter, Peter talks about how a day is with the Lord is as a, a thousand, thousand years. years. Yeah. And yes. here we are 2,000 2, years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Yes. And now we're watching this all start to come together as Bible prophecies playing out before our eyes. Yes, and that uh, um, the seven feast of Israel... Um, you see the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And yes. The yeah. Feast of First Fruits. And of course, we just read that, uh, the Feast of Pentecost. Yes. Feast of yeah. Weeks, they call it, have all been fulfilled. Right. The lesson for that is all concerning his first advent. First coming. His That's first right. Coming. Amen. Exactly. Yeah. But the other three feasts that we are looking at now are concerning his second coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have the Feast of. Uh, um, um, Okay. Trumpets, feast right. of the Day of Atonement, yep. Yom Kippur, and then of course the Feast of the Tabernacles. Tabernacles. Amen. Yeah. And that all has a future plan that has yet to happen. So there's a message in those feasts for us too, Amen. as believers. Amen. That's all in Leviticus 23. 23, That's Leviticus 23 chapter. And and you know again the prophet Isaiah was told, uh, one day a child is born. I mean, I, I will behold a virgin will be with child and shall conceive and bring forth a son. And this child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The first coming as the child and as the son, he fulfilled the government to be on his shoulder of the increase of his government and his peace. There shall be no one. He shall sit upon the throne of David and his kingdom. He will order it and establish it with judgment and with justice for henceforth, even forever. How's this going to happen? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we're getting ready now, listener, for the return of Jesus Christ. And the question is to every listener, are you one of his? Do you have Christ living in your heart by faith? Because when he comes back, he said that what he was going to do, he's going to sit on the throne of his glory. He told the prophet uh, and, and the gospel writer Matthew, and he made that prophecy in the 25th chapter, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the holy angels will come with him, and I'm going to sit upon the throne of glory, and before me will be gathered all the nations, and I will separate them as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And today we're either a sheep and we're mm. saved, or one of the goats and we're lost. And of course, God's desire is that you be saved. It's you salvation. Me, yeah. Yeah. You remind me of John chapter ten, where Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, yes. and I know them." Right. But God, God would like us to know Him, and if you don't know Him, yes, then the Bible calls you a heathen. They that know not God. Yes. And God wants you to know him through his word. You know, without Amen. faith, it's impossible to please him. Amen. So God not only wants you to know him through his word, the Bible, but he wants you to seek him. He tells you over and over again, if you seek me, you shall find me. Yeah. Right? You get closer and closer to yes. the Lord. And, and so you find that 
in the Old Testament, you find it in the New Testament. And Brother Dave, you had mentioned in Romans 10 earlier about how the Apostle Paul writes, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. They've not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So what's that all about? I mean, you can read it for yourself in the book of Romans. And if anyone's not familiar, you should read at least the first five, six chapters of Romans. Sure. And what you'll find is that God wants you to know him. Just like he said, I will be your God. I will be a God unto you in this land. And, and now, Brother David, now, again, I, I, tell the folks who are listening at home about your ministry and where they can hear about it. Then I'm going to ask you a question. But Yes, um, uh, Brother Dave Smolinski. And I'm with the Hope of Israel Baptist Mission, and that ministry is uh, in Potter Springs, Georgia. You can go and visit us on the Hope of Israel Baptist Mission website and just look for that, Hope of Israel Baptist Mission with Dr. Daniel Freed, F-R-I-E-D. And that'll explain um, and have much to say about uh, how we're trying to reach the uh, Jewish people that are lost. Yes, I just read, brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel yes. is that they are they might be saved. Yes, and they uh, are looking for his first appearance. Yeah, they're still waiting for that Messiah to come. Now, sadly, they're yeah. going to be deceived and beguiled because a wrong man is going to come forward, the Antichrist, and confuse them. And if there ever was a time, I believe they're prime for that. Is oh, right the cry now. we're hearing even amongst the Gentile nations. Sure, peace. Amen. peace. But yeah. uh, um, but yes, uh, the uh, Jews can still be saved. Well, of and it's course, God's desire for them to be saved. Well, and the, it's going to take somebody <laughs> sure. to have a heart and a burden for them. And, sure, uh, and uh, to now, reach out to them. Yes. Now, 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 brother Dave, what I want to ask you is: um, there was probably a time when you didn't know God. And, and there was a time when you can't tell us your testimony, how God reached you, because that same God will reach any listener. Yes, I was raised a Baptist and I've heard the gospel many times being raised in church. Okay. And I was uh, quite comfortable in church with knowing my parents were saved and I was in the right place. Okay. Hearing the gospel. But there was a week-long revival meeting. I remember in the spring of 1977, uh -huh. the uh, evangelist had mentioned that you personally have got to make a decision. Amen. Um, That's good. Yes. And um, and true. Exactly. I uh, was under conviction. Uh, the Holy Spirit was showing me that I am a sinner. I need salvation. And um, I was on my way to hell. Yeah. I've got, the Spirit was convicting me of sin, sure. righteousness, and judgment. Yes. So I didn't get much sleep that night, <laughs> and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I was great with, very anxious, yes. very anxious in my soul that I went to church that um, evening, the last night of the meeting, and I sat in the front. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was I had already determined in my heart I was going forward. Yes. And the assistant pastor showed me in John three sixteen, for God so loved David. The world. The world. David, yeah. That's me. Yeah. yeah. That he gave his only begotten son, that if David, whosoever, believeth in him, yeah, sure. shall not perish, but David will have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. That's good. Personal. And Amen. Personal Savior, Jesus Christ. And a yeah. personal salvation in yes. the heart. Like like yes. he said, I'll make my covenant, Abraham. I want to be your God. Amen. Yeah, I want to give you land, but it's it, it, I want to be your God first. Well, you find that personal personal thing with between God and man in the Passover in Exodus 12. 
in the first five verses of Exodus 12, sure. he says, to prepare the Passover, everyone take unto thee a lamb, and that's kind of representative of a, a savior, a redeemer. But it goes from a lamb to the lamb, like the true lamb. Then it goes to your lamb. Gotta and you've showed him, that before yeah, in your teaching. Make personal. But yeah, even in the Passover, it's a personal thing, just like your personal testimony. Yes, yeah. in that Passover, God said, when I see the blood, <laughs> I yeah. will pass over you. Yes, you yes. See? So now, if God's seeing me, David, he's seeing self-righteousness. He's seeing filthy rags. Sure. He's seeing all these things that um, I can't obtain. Uh, uh, all the zeal in the world all can't the work that righteousness. Is, uh, all in vain. Yeah. It's, it's um, just all man's, in vain. man's righteousness. Yes, yes. Yeah. But now God. he sees his son, Amen. the Messiah. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees his holiness. He sees his righteousness. And so there's where my salvation is in him. Sure, sure. Amen. And you, what we did here, the three of us, I mean, Back in the Passover, they actually took physical blood and put it yes. on the door. But today, when we read about Christ, he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. I'm shedding my blood on Calvary's cross to pay for your sins. And by faith in your spirit, you apply it to your spiritual heart. And God sees that application. And at that point, you're now covered with the blood of Christ, which takes yes. away all sin all sin has been removed. You're now, though your sins were scarlet, they're now white as snow. Yes. You've got a new birth. Amen. He was trying to tell Nicodemus, you must be born again. And that's what happened to all three of us. And that is for anybody. Amen. Jew, Gentile, man, woman, child. How old were you when that happened, brother? 11 years old. 11 years old. 11 years old. Yeah. yeah. He got it a lot better than earlier than us. <laughs> amen, amen. We were too thick. Amen, amen brother. <laughs> but even, even Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and isn't that the, that to the Jews, it the sure book of is. Hebrews? And it, it says, sure without is. the shedding of blood is no remission of sin in sure. Hebrews 9. And so that's the way God works. He's been working that way since the beginning with Cain and Abel. Right. Abel brought a better offering. It was a lamb. And God accepted that offering, but he would not accept his brother Cain's offering. But it can't be the shedding of any blood. It has to be pure. It, it has innocent. to be pure blood. It has to be without spot, without blemish. Amen. Um, at yep. One point... This Yep, go ahead. Yes, this is important because the yes. blood that was applied on the lintel, the sides and the doorposts, you know, on top, it was a picture of the cross. Yes, yes. yes. And uh, the um, matter here is that the Jews looked forward to that. Yes. And the lesson was in the Passover for the coming Absolutely. Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, yes. who taketh away the sin of the world. Yes. You see? And so that um, we do now look back and to the cross. Yeah. It w was done. Amen. But the, the greatest... blood has to be applied. Yes. I often said that to a, uh, a rabbi one time, if he'd be comfortable celebrating the first Passover with his ra uh, with his father, tell him, don't worry, son. <laughs> we're, we're, we got it covered. I'm praying. <laughs> <laughs> no, they needed the blood. And, and here, I would be a little uncomfortable, I would say. Dad, and, I yeah. think we should put the blood on the door. And yes. without the shedding of blood is no remission. But the yes. Apostle Paul, uh, in the last sermon he gave to the church at Ephesus, he said, I've, I've showed you publicly and from house to house, I testified both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I have not uh, shunned to declare to you all the gospel. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers 
to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own yes. blood. Amen. Jesus Christ was the God man. Amen. That was pure yes. blood, uh, precious blood, without blemish, without spot, holy, harmless, separate from sinners, undefiled. That's the only Savior. That's why Jesus could say in the upper room, Thomas, I am the way yeah. and the truth and the life. And no man or woman or child can come to the Father but by me. And he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Yeah. So so this battle going on here, in their ignorance, I mean, a lot of the Jews still don't know the Messiah. The Muslims don't know the Messiah. They're reading a book called the Quran. But Muslims can be saved. Sure I mean, can. God God can reach out to anyone if they'll just receive the truth. Yes. Well, I got to go back to the Passover just for a second. Yeah. When we were mm-hmm. talking about that, and they're they're applying the blood, and the death angel will pass over, and they won't die, right? Yeah. It, that's everlasting yeah. life. If you look at those Jews at the time, they were very stubborn. They were complaining. They were uh, really anything. If hey, you they look make at good them. Americans, <laughs> good <laughs> Baptists, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, God was saving them. And they were a rough bunch. Look at Moses; everything yeah, was yeah. fine. And you're supposed to be the deliverer, yeah, right? And yeah. now we gotta make brick without straw. And so yeah, yeah, forth, yeah. You know? yeah. Complaints. But uh, what God looked at wasn't looking at those uh, complaining, murmuring, stubborn Jews. What he looked at is he saw the blood. Amen. Sure. Amen. That's what he sure. saw. Amen. And the firstborn's life was spared. Amen. When I see the blood, I will pass, pass over, over you. you. Sure. And he, he also says in verse 24 of that chapter in Exodus 12, he says, And ye shall observe this thing, meaning the Passover, for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. It's an ordinance forever for them. Sure. You think he's done with, there's no way he's done with Israel. This is going on no. forever. They're going to be doing that Passover. And it's always a reminder about the, the blood that points you to the blood of Christ. And it's that blood of Christ that it says in the in First John that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin, and that's why all those uh, blood sacrifices for sin in the Old Testament—the blood of bulls and goats and 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 bullocks and all, all the different things that they had—it was a bloody, horrible reminder of how terrible sin really is and yeah. how ungodly it is. And today we've gotten so far away from that. And people so forget what them. we've seen since 1948 with these, this little nation is reborn and then immediately it's attacked and then it's attacked later. And, and the Yom Kippur war of 1973, there was a war in 1967 yep. there were, and now there's this war today. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. And what God is saying, just like he told Hosea after two days, after 2000 years, I'm going to come back. And he says, behold, the day of the Lord cometh. What will happen is all nations will be gathered together against Jerusalem. Zechariah 14, verse 2. They'll be gathered against it to battle. I mean, the final world war is going to be all these nations against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken. The houses rifled like we saw a few weeks ago. The women ravished. Uh, this Half the city goes into captivity. Verse 3, and then shall the Lord go forth and fight those nations as he did when he fought in the day of battle. And the Lord's feet shall stand that day upon the Mount of Olives. And the Lord's promising his second coming to come back and deliver his people. And so 
I want to be on the Lord's side. Yes, and yes. And if I could just say go, something yes, in light brother. of uh, what you had just said and um, his second coming, that the Jews coming back to the land, God said, I'm going to drive you out, but I'm going to bring you back. And we have to ask this question, is what we're seeing today prophecy being fulfilled? Absolutely. Is this actually without a doubt scripture? Yeah. Um, that's happening, you know. Sure. Uh, it's it's history told now, before it happens. Now, here's Amos. I want to just read this. God says in Amos chapter 9, verse 14. Yeah. And I think this will help convince you that I believe it is prophecy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, as um, you just brought up, Pastor, these wars were done with miraculous fashion. But he says, watch this. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. Is that not happening now? Yes. But now watch this verse 15. And I will plant them upon their land and they shall no more be pulled up. Amen. That hasn't happened. Yes. That hasn't happened. They shouldn't have done it in 1948. Didn't happen. Yes. And the wars to follow. But here, uh, uh, out of their land, I will have given them, saith the Lord thy God. And they'll no more be pulled up. And that is going to happen in the near future, listener. And what God wants is he wants you to trust him, trust his words, and open your heart to his son so you can be a part and see that one day and be on the Lord's side. Oh, thank you for joining us on this week's program. Hope it's been a blessing to you. We're with you every Sunday. And uh, until we meet you next week, do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.